The following is a reflection on the readings for Wednesday of the third week of Advent. The first reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 45, verses 6 to 8, verse 18, and verses 21 to 25. The responsorial is Psalm 85, and the Gospel is Luke chapter 7, verses 19 to 23. In today's first reading, Isaiah brings Israel back to the book of Genesis and the creation account. Quote, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it, He established it, He did not create it in chaos, He formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord, and there is no other. End of quote. The reason Isaiah does this is because Israel has forgot who God is. They are treating him as if he is not God Almighty. They have reduced God to something they can manipulate or neglect in their daily lives. They have consistently broken the covenant and forgotten the curses set out in Deuteronomy chapter 28 for doing so. Isaiah writes these words two centuries before Babylon would decimate Israel and especially Judah and its capital, Jerusalem. Isaiah began his prophetic ministry in 740 B.C. The Babylonian exile took place in 586 B.C. and Israel's release by King Cyrus of Persia in 538 B.C. Knowing what would happen 200 years before the events, what Isaiah wants is for Israel to turn back to God and repent now of their sins. In a remarkable passage, Isaiah speaks of the Lord as not just Almighty God, the Creator, but also Savior, who wants to bless His people, if they would only open their hearts and be saved. Quote, Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the skies rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation may spring up, and let it cause righteousness to sprout up also. I, the Lord, have created it. There is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior, there is no one besides me. End of quote. To drive home the point, Isaiah speaks of God's word issuing forth a word that will not be revoked. Quote, to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Israel does not heed God's word, however, nor repent, and the Babylonian captivity ensures. But this word that will not be revoked with the cooperation of a woman who said yes takes on our flesh 700 years later in Jesus Christ. In fact, St. Paul in Philippians chapter 2 quotes the Isaiah verse in relation to Christ in his famous hymn of salvation. Quote, Have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." In today's Gospel, we learn how this salvation is to be enacted. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, in his first sermon in the synagogue at Nazareth, takes the scroll from Isaiah chapter 61 
and quotes the Jubilee year reference in Leviticus chapter 25 that Isaiah had projected into the future and applies it as being fulfilled in himself. He is the anointed one who will preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recover sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. But the liberty will not just be physical, but more importantly, spiritual. John the Baptist, who has prepared the way for the Messiah at great personal cost, now languishing in prison, receives consolation as one of his disciples goes to Jesus to ask if he is the one who is to come. Jesus replies by referencing the fulfillment of Leviticus chapter 25 and Isaiah 61. Quote, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. During this season of Advent, we prepare our hearts to recognize and celebrate the birth of Christ into the world. Certainly there are many signs that make it easy not to miss Christ come in the flesh. The many liturgies which we will celebrate, in particular the messianic prophecies in the Old Testament that we will hear in the readings, the signs of goodwill and joy that abound during this time of year, from Christmas carols to cards to family gatherings also help dispose us to recognize Christ. The question is, how well do we recognize other signs that are perhaps less obvious at first glance, but that are with us not only during this season of Advent, but throughout the year, pointing us to the presence of Christ. In the first reading, the prophet Isaiah mentions light and darkness, prosperity and disaster. Certainly our lives are a mixture of both. Do we see Christ in these circumstances? During the good times of health and abundance, do we thank God that he rains down blessings upon us? Do we allow times of sickness and suffering to draw us closer to Christ and increase the virtues of humility and our receptivity? Even in our failings, our sinfulness, Christ the Savior is especially present through his mercy and forgiveness. In today's Gospel, Jesus tells John's disciples to go back and report what they have seen. How does this verse apply to us? Do we report what we have experienced and encountered in the mercy of God? Christ in the last judgment scene of Matthew's Gospel makes it plain that our experience of helping the poor and the sick and the needy is how we encounter Christ and how we will be judged. We hear this often enough preached throughout the year, and yet there are times when we miss or do not respond to the signs, much as Israel forgot the Almighty God in the first reading. Let us ask God, therefore, to so dispose our hearts and open our eyes that we will see Him as He passes us by each day. Part of our prayer is to ask for a humble and pure heart that is attuned to the people and events around us, to not be like Israel in the first reading, who forgot Almighty God and His great promises and covenants, and not be like the scribes and Pharisees, who demand greater signs when Christ and His miracles were right in front of them. May our response be that of today's psalmist who states, quote, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people. 
Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky.